Hey, 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 drama listeners, it's Connor. I know you haven't heard from me doing a Patreon ad in a while because Dylan has been holding down the fort and slaying the game. Please, everyone go follow him and retweet him because I think that makes him happier than you even listening to the episode. I'm just kidding, but I'm not. Anyway, I want to give you a quick message before we start to, first of all, thank you for your support. And second of all, to encourage you that if you loved our episode today and if you've heard about our Patreon before, this might be your sign from above to finally subscribe. So it's $5 a month, patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. The link is in the episode description. We made it super easy for you. But anyway, you can go and become a member of our Patreon fam where we have monthly bonus episodes that come out sometimes twice a month, sometimes even four, where we do special um, deep dives into certain topics. Uh, we're, right now we're doing a Tony's Contender series, and you can also watch some old episodes on there, and you get added to our Instagram close friends. So it sounds really fun, and it is really fun, so I think you should do it. Patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. Thank you all for listening. You're really going to love this episode. We had a blast recording it. All right. Now, on to the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. I'm Dylan McDowell, and just like that, it's here we it's are over. again. I know, it's over. I know. Well, we have one more episode. It'll have aired though by the time this comes out. Yeah, I know, and we haven't talked about it on the pod. Actually, we did talk about it at length on the pod in the Will, Will Chase, Chase episode, but it was left on the cutting room floor because it was like a 90 minute episode already, and we were yeah. like, we can move this to another a later date because he hadn't yes. seen it yet anyway. Yeah. But I'm obsessed with it and hate almost everything about it, but. It's a cultural phenomenon. The much like, I'd say it's very controversial and everyone's talking about it. The Sex in the City, the next chapter of the Sex in the City story the is what they're chapter. calling it. Oh my God. I saw this tweet yesterday that was like the feminine urge to watch in just like that at 7 a.m. promptly every Thursday. And I'm like, yes, I literally have been waking up before work to watch it, which is insane <laughs> behavior. I actually can't believe I just said that. But because you know, I don't want to get anything spoiled for me during the day because HBO Max drops it, you know, overnight. I have to watch it in yeah. the morning. It's like when All Star 6 of Drag Race was dropping on Paramount Plus over the summer. And it was like, well, it's going to get spoiled for you online. So you better just watch it. Remember and so you and I would have our, our summertime sip and seas. You know, you'd be in New York. I'd be in Columbus. We'd have our coffee and we'd watch while texting each other at like 10 so in the morning. Yeah. It was like being together. It was. Okay, that's like quarantine vibes when we weren't even in quarantine. Because last summer was like famously <laughs> more normal than anything we've experienced in the last two years. But I know. anyway, and just like that, I know. And I'm still wondering what happened to Isaac Cole Powell on the show. Because remember, he was announced as a series regular. He was. Well, I posed this question on Twitter and one of our friends reached out and slid into our DMs about this. Let's be annoying and say, we'll tell you if you are on our close friends on our Instagram if you join Ooh, our Patreon. I know. So we will tell I you what we heard. That. The TV spilled. So you have to sign up at patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. We're also going to release a full and just like that Patreon episode where we break down season one or maybe the only season. All things Che Diaz. All things Lisette, the neighbor. 
Okay, and I'll, leave, I'll, I'll end that conversation on just saying something that you said to me after watching episode eight, which was, I wish that Carrie was still the main character. I know. And I agree. I agree with you. And I actually heard T that there was tons of Carrie stuff. She was like hallucinating big, like the scene when she was hearing the beeping in the kitchen when in her new apartment, like apparently that was going to be like leading her to a new lamp store to get a lamp and remind her something about big, but because of the whole Chris notes stuff, yeah. they, they cut a lot of it so that they're not reminding viewers of it. So that's why there is less Carrie, but that's just a rumor at this point. But anyway, that's interesting. Very interesting, right? That there's more Carrie. And also yeah. they, it was like released that they did cut. He filmed extra scenes for the finale Oh, okay. and they cut it from the episode. Well, good. So, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm fine with it. I feel like too, and like, oh my God, here we are getting into it. But I feel like if they're trying to tell a story about Carrie's grief and what happens like after she gets Mr. Big, you know, after they have this life together and he, okay, spoiler alert, passes away. They, I think in order to make it a less sad story, they do kind of have to move on from him in a lot of ways like yes he can be mentioned like obviously we know she's grieving like that's been clear but if we keep seeing him on the show i i don't know if it really helps to tell a new story it, yeah. for me for that's me. a good but point that's a good point i don't know anyway dylan i'm gagged i'm excited we need to bring in our guest today because yes. she's a true sister she is she's unreal and if anyone is not familiar with her yet you will be soon. Our guest today is a rising Broadway star currently on pause before returning this March as Lydia and Mrs. Doubtfire, the musical. This Staten Island native is no stranger to the stages of New York City, having made her Broadway debut in the ensemble of Pasek and Paul's A Christmas Story musical in 2012. She then found herself being a little bit naughty in Matilda on Broadway, where she cemented her path as a young star. You might also recognize her from Lolita, My Love off Broadway, or as one of the kids featured in the God spell cast of 2032 we're getting close to 2032 on screen she has appeared in we're going to come back thespians of normal attraction and the music video artists for the arts with a little help from my friends her debut self-written ep is available now courtesy of broadway records featuring her incredible pop vocals and talents beyond the broadway stage she is the one to watch please welcome to drama annalise annalise hi Hello. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Now I have to ask, are you an N Just Like That viewer? I am, indeed. <laughs> Do you enjoy this this series? You know, I'll take anything that I can get. I love the show. I love the movies. I know. I will say I do miss Liza Minnelli. I think she should have had an appearance. (laughs) Spoken like a true Broadway gal. (laughs) I think Liza should have had an appearance in one of these 10 episodes. I'm sad it's ending, but I think it may be time. Yeah, I think you're right. I kind of, I miss, I mean, God rest his soul. I miss Stanford. I I just, I miss him. I mean, still Anthony is my favorite character. He's kind of had to carry some weight of like, Samantha's gone, Stanford's gone. Yeah, I mean, Anthony and Seema are kind of like carrying Samantha's legacy. I think think. Seema, Seema is so cool. She is like worthy of the fourth girl. Yes. replacement mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, she's still like aspirational to me like i don't know if you watched like episode nine but when she's just like smoking and chilling and yes. being fabulous i was like oh we, we missed that on the show because i feel like the women are all like 
we're old now. And like the, the story is kind of like what happens, you know, in your fifties at this point, right. which is great. Cause we, we need stories like that, but I, I love wanting to be like the, the women. And I feel like Seema's the one I want to be, be like in this new yeah, show. I agree. I mean, I always saw myself as a Charlotte sun with the Miranda moon. Oh, I and love now it. I like feel <laughs> I'm just angry at Miranda all the time. And I mean, I hate to say it because I love Cynthia Nixon. I know. And I just, I am aggravated every time she makes a move. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I can't watch you and you make me mad. I know. But I'm with you. I did meet the girl who plays Rock. Really? Ooh. I did. She came to see Doubtfire and I didn't, I, you know, when you recognize somebody and you're mm-hmm. like, I know who you are, but I don't know where I know you from. And her mom was like, yeah, she plays rock on, um, on just like that. And I was like, I literally just watched you when I had COVID the other night. <laughs> it was like that. Cause I watched like the first three episodes when I was on quarantine with COVID, oh. but, um, yeah, you know, oh d- didn't everyone do that? <laughs> I think so. I think cause it all happened at the same time, like right before right. In December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. know. Wow, how cool. Oh my God. I cannot, I can only imagine a lot of people have come to see the show as one of the only new musicals that was running while Broadway reopened. Yeah. I mean, it's so difficult because it's like, we don't know who's there because nobody's allowed to come back because mm. of COVID. So we don't know who's there most of the time, unless somebody knows somebody, okay. but I did get to FaceTime with Kevin Jonas. You stop it. Stop. Oh my God. I know. Are you and a they, big Joe Bros gal? You see them on my pillow? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. <laughs> that is crazy. Is Kevin nice? Oh my God. Amazing. You know, okay. So Rob McClure, who like, I love dearly. Legend. Legend. The legend himself. Um, yeah. He grew up with them. Like they used to do theater together. So they've been friends for years. And I knew that, the, and Rob would always make fun of me because of course, like I love them forever and ever Mm -hmm. and amen and um one day he was like when they come to the show you'll meet them so this is like two years of talking about this because you know pandemic and one day I was in my dressing room and the stage manager came in and was like we're gonna play a prank on Jake who plays my brother so I'm like okay great let's do it so she was like don't leave yet okay and then I'm there and two minutes later I'm like waiting in my dressing room and um Charity Dawson is standing behind me because we share a dressing room together. And Charity's like, okay. I was like, we're going to play a plank on date, Charity. Like, let's do it. And the dresser, Rob's dresser comes in and was like, Annalise, can you go down to Rob's room for a few minutes? He wants to talk to you about something. I'm like, great. What did I do? I'm like, what? <laughs> did you get freaked? I'm like, no, I, I was more like, he never asks to see me in his dresser. Like, this is weird. <laughs> so I go downstairs. Little did I know that, that someone was following me with the camera. No idea. Clueless. I go downstairs and Rob was like, wait, two seconds. I'm like, what did I do? Like, what is wrong with you? And I walk in there and on the phone, it says FaceTiming Kevin Jonas. I almost pooped my pants. Literally. (laughs) Literally, I almost pooped my pants. And he was so nice. I spoke to him and his wife. They're amazing. Little did I know that 
after I left the theater, my dad was like, oh, I met Kevin Jonas and his wife. So they were there, but then they were FaceTiming afterwards because they couldn't but they come fa- back. Because they couldn't come back okay. because of COVID. Okay. And then December 11th or whatever it was, I missed three shows because of COVID, because okay. I had COVID. And of course, on the lovely Saturday performance that I was not there for, Nick Jonas attended. No. Yeah. No. Do you know if Priyanka was with him? No. Well, he'll have to come back with her. Yeah. And you know what? And we still have Joe. There's still Joe. There's still Joe. And he is cool. honestly like. I, th- I think he's the hottest. I have yeah, to say. Yeah, I think he's the best one. So they're all. Well, see, I I don't know. I can't pick one. Spoken like a true Joe bro fan. I, can't, You're like- I, I honestly can't pick one because they're all so different. And I've never met them, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, true, 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 true. true. So yeah, I yeah. feel like if I, like, Kevin was great. Kevin was so nice. He was like, you should be in Waitress. I was like, you you know what I listen to. <laughs> <laughs> you should be in Waitress. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to start as Dawn. I feel like you're a little young for Jenna, but at the same time, do we know how old Jenna is? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's ambiguous. A 22-year-old um, Jenna. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do need to hear you sing every single Jenna song now, Annalise, because I'm obsessed with your voice. But wait, actually, before we dive into everything further, because we're going to talk more Doubtfire, we're going to talk Pathetic Little Dreamer, we're going we're gonna to get into it. But I want to know, are you well? Managing. <laughs> <laughs> you know the episode of Friends where Ross is like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. That's me mm-hmm. currently. That literally, that's you. There you go. Same. That's such a re- that relatable. And Doubtfire is famously paused right now it to is. save the show. Yeah, it is. I mean, we are very, very lucky that we have a producer who will do everything in his power to save this show. And you yes. know what? It it goes to show the kind of person that he is, and it goes to show the kind of cast that we are and the show that we are. I mean, I've been in a lot of shows I've been very lucky in my life to be in a lot of shows throughout all mediums all kinds of mediums and um this show is very different uh specifically because of the family that we've created we have all of these people from different walks of life and we just came together and I always say Jerry Zachs knows how to cast a cast like he knows that man is a genius for so many reasons but he knows how to cast a cast And we are just a family from the very first day that we met. Truly. It's something like I've never experienced before. And I'm very grateful for every single person who walks in that theater every night. And that goes back to you all did the Seattle tryout at the Fifth Avenue Theater. Yeah. Yeah. How how was that experience? I mean, how old were you at that time? I was 20. I had just turned 20. It was interesting. I mean, it was the first time that I had been far away from home. I had never, I mean, I go to college. 30 minutes away from my house. So I've never been that far away alone. I mean, it was the other side of the country and my parents were coming like, you know, they would come, they came for Christmas, they came for Thanksgiving, and then they would come like random times of the year of the time that we were there. But it was very difficult. I mean, it was hard at first because, you know, I was living alone for the very first time, like outside of college, but you know, I could call my mom if I needed something and be like, hi, can you bring me something? I don't want to go to the supermarket right now. Um, <laughs> and like, obviously everything was always cheaper on Staten Island <laughs> instead right, of the city. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, can you bring me food to eat? Like, this was all me. 
cooking for myself in a hotel kitchen, you know, trying to figure things out. But I do think that college prepared me for living on my own, even though I didn't have my own kitchen when I was in school. But (laughs) it was it was really nice. And I do I, I live alone now. I love living alone. I'm an only child. So it's just very I need my time. I need my space. I need my my special moments to just sit and <laughs> ponder my thoughts. <laughs> I totally but, yeah, get it. I liked it. Was the show really different in Seattle? Yeah. I mean, not much different, but yes, we had, there's a number that Charity Dawson sings. You've been playing with fire. That's the new mm-hmm. version. The old version is you've created a monster <laughs> and the lyrics, it's the same melody, but the lyrics are all different. The concept of the number is different before it was like Daniel's nightmare of which he was this social worker. Wanda Seldner is yelling at Daniel about like, you've taken this too far. You've created a monster. Mm-hmm. And the writers were like, this is a little too harsh. And like, this is too like, you know, I mean, the character, Mrs. Doubtfire, isn't a monster. Right. She's amazing. She's amazing. So therefore, we took they took it into this new direction. It's like, you've been playing with fire. Like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? You've created this person. And now your kids are going to love Mrs. Doubtfire more than they love you. Because mm. the scene that kind of triggers it is when Lydia talks to Daniel and says, you've got to let this go. You've got to tell mom the truth because we are seeing Mrs. Doubtfire more than we see you. I get that you want to see us, but we're not seeing you. We're seeing her. And that triggers this whole number that he has this nightmare and everybody's dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh Which Originally we were the kids, myself, Jake and Avery, and also Brad Oscar and Jay Harrison G were all dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire as well. But then there's some, there's a rule that when you're a principal, you can't be in an ensemble number that you can't like fully like distinct, but because we were all dressed up as Mrs. Doubtfire was hard to tell. The only person who you were really able to tell was Avery because she's so small. And it was really funny. Like when we would come out, like everybody would laugh in Seattle. It was hilarious. And we Mm -hmm. had a great time. But, um, and I actually got a chance to dance with the adult ensemble and like be in that number, but equity shut that down. <laughs> oh, darn. Bummer. Oh my God. I mean, I loved the show. It's, it is so brilliant and funny and thank you. You, you are a superstar. When you opened your mouth thank to you. sing, Connor and I were like chills and <laughs> it is just like, you have such a cool modern voice. It's like, it's theater meets pop. It's. You mentioned Sarah Bareilles earlier with Waitress. Like it, it gives me those kind of vibes. Thank you. She's like my everything. She's yeah. all I listen to. Oh my god! I know. randomly this week I was listening to Little Voice, that Apple TV Plus series that she did. Oh, it's amazing! It is so amazing. I wish it would have gotten another season, but me too. Me too. So it goes. I, yeah. The main girl was so good on the White Lotus too. You know what? I haven't seen that. Oh, it's yeah. great. Everyone tells me to watch that, but I'm like, I don't know. I yeah. I need to finish a lot of things. I need to still finish This Is Us. I am like two years behind on that. <sighs> so are Anna- we. Annalise, I need your help because I kind of freed myself from the emotional prison that is This Is Us right before yeah. the pandemic season. But now mm-hmm. I'm seeing like headlines and it's ending. And I, I kind of love the idea that I would just like finish the whole story. I, I do want to know how it ends. I want to know how it ends. <sighs> I know. But, you know, I mean, my dad was watching it 
we used to watch it together as a family. And then my dad stopped watching it because he was like, Kate is annoying me. I need to stop watching the show. She's the worst. She's the worst. But like, I didn't mind her, but <laughs> she was fine. Like, it's like, okay, I won't stop watching the show because I don't love this character, but I'm just, I just love Jack Pearson. Oh I know. my God. I Talk just- about an aspirational dad, uh, husband. <laughs> and he's so fine. He, he is just, I mean, I've had a crush on him forever because, you know, that's just Mariano. Like, oh my God. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, Don't I would, even get me started on him. <laughs> I know. And you know, he's going to be in Mrs. Maisel next season. I heard. Oh my I'm gonna, God. I can't, I'm unwell. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to the question I, is, are you well? You said you're unwell. Got it. Very, very I am well. well. <laughs> um, wait, really quick. I have to say back to Doubtfire. Yeah. Y- you are so amazing. And that song, is it called What the Hell? It is. <laughs> you slay the house down boots. Like your voice is a fucking gag. And I seriously like the power that you have the it's seriously unbelievable. And I do want to hear all about like when you realize you could sing, but really quick about Doubtfire, which I also loved. Mr. Jolly, unsung hero. Of- oh, Oh show. my gosh. I know. Like I know. To the work that he's putting in is you're not seeing that anywhere else on Broadway. I'm saying. No, but I mean that's just Peter Bartlett. I mean, he's a legend. Yeah. Um I remember so when I was a senior in high school I did She Loves Me. So of course I just watched the um the revival. Yes on Broadway HD all the time just to like prep myself and be prepared. And I'll never forget when they announced the cast of Doubtfire and I saw that Peter Bartlett was going to be in the show. I was like, oh my God, that's the waiter. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. So just to learn from the comedic timing and to watch him work with Jerry Zachs, who is a comedic genius, is just unbelievable but Peter Bartlett is also the nicest human in the world and he'll just like come into my dressing room (laughs) and he'll be he'll just come in and say the most random lines and then walk away (laughs) I love it like charity charity likes to do paint by numbers and he came in and he was like do they make one of those for me (laughs) (laughs) that was a good impression too thank you I've practiced. <laughs> yeah, of course. you've had some. You've had some time. I mean, it's it's so fun that you all seem to have a great offstage relationship as much as on stage. Oh, yeah. And and we got to talk with Jay Harrison G earlier this, or I guess in October, and they were just raved about the same experience and everything. And I am curious though, are all of the kids like so? Your siblings in the show? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are they the same ones who had opened the show back in? before the pandemic. So they, they stayed small enough to get to do it. Yeah. The only, actually what our producing team and our creative team was so great about was they called them in the middle of the pandemic and they were like, we don't care what you look like. Oh, stop it. I'm going to, and as a former child actor, I mean, I know that in some of the shows that I was in, I would have, they would have been like, okay, bye. Well, I've heard stories (laughs) about them, like measuring the kids on on tours for things (laughs) being like, okay, you're almost done with, with mm-hmm. young Cosette or no more Gavroche after this. Yeah. Like, I mean, we used to get weighed as well. I mean, in Matilda, we would get weighed because like, you know, we'd have to stand on set pieces or mm. who would have to be lifted. I mean, Amanda Thrip had to be thrown. So our weight was very important, but also like for costume purposes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this team was so great. All four of them. Actually, we ever, we had one new the Natalie understudy for this go around was new because our former Natalie understudy was in Annie live. 
Oh, oh, there you go. Speaking of Queen. Speaking of Annie. Um, <laughs> speaking of Annie. Um, yeah, but she was in Annie Live, and my girl Lily was killing it, kicking butt as usual. I love her. Shout out to Lily Tamburo. I love you so much. Amazing. But yeah, we had Addison join the cast. But yeah, the other three were still the same. The two girls are 12, and Sammy, Jake's understudy, is also 12, and Jake is 15. Okay. Okay. So, but Jake was 12 when we started. <laughs> so I always say, like, to him, I was like, it's kind of more fun that you're 15 now because now, like, we can joke about things. Yes, and yes. Then, yeah. And we're so, that we're so close. We're just very, very close. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I saw the video, the video from y'all at Broadway Con. He was a little shorter <laughs> back then. A little. A li- he yeah. was actually shorter than me. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and now, now he's like he's, taller. <laughs> and now he's like taller than everybody, which like, go Jake. <laughs> I always tell him, I'm like, you know, it's a power move what you're doing. No teenager. I mean, when was the last time a 15 year old was on Broadway? Like with the changed voice. <laughs> I mean, it's a power move. I say, I tell them all the time, like you're making history Yeah, and it's awesome because I know that there are lots of other 15 year old boys who are like, wow, like, this is amazing. Like I've got to actually see myself on stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last time that there were teenagers with changing voices was 13 and that was like yeah. a two minute run. Yeah. Cause Graham Phillips, wow. voice was truly going through it throughout that process. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that was the last time that. Oh. There was a teenager on Broadway with the change with someone who's going through this, the life process of changes. Wow. <laughs> That's drama. That, how drama. old were you? How old were you when 13 came out? Eight. Eight. Okay. Eight. Okay. okay. God, you'd be so good singing the, what is her name, Dylan? Like Patrice. Patrice. Character. Yeah. 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 I have never been in that show. Nobody ever did it. It was like not like now it's much more popular yeah. than it was. But when I was young, it was just this show that flopped. Yeah, so right. we and then it was kind of like, you know, then they got the rights. And then by the time they were able to like get the rights and it became popular, I was too old to be in sure. it. And then I was also doing like the other shows. Right. So I never got to be in that show, but I used to sing Brand New You. Is that the song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the yeah. time at cabarets. And I sang it at someone's bar mitzvah. Yes, yeah. she did the With, circuit. I actually sang at someone's bar mitzvah. I sang Brand New You in front of Bryn Williams. Oh, no. <laughs> no way. Which, she did our podcast last summer. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, in front of Bryn Williams. And I was like so anxious. I was like, but you said, I was like, this is your song and I'm singing it in front of you. And she was like, no, like you're killing it. <laughs> She's so sweet. First, oh, I love her. It was the first time we met and now we're friends. <laughs> well, okay. So you, and she obviously was a child actor too. She did a lot of different shows yes. on Broadway, but so did you. But before I you did. got into Broadway or like on Broadway, I should say, we like to go back to the beginning. Let's do that. We do. We like to ask about the ring of keys moment that, that moment when a, a switch was flipped and you were like, oh, I love the arts in whatever way it means to me. Do you feel like you had that moment of recognition? Oh, for sure. I mean, I was actually, I tell the story all the time, but I was a dancer first. My parents introduced me to movie musicals. I was obsessed with Grease. Grease was like my thing. Grease, Bye Bye Birdie, obviously Annie. But like, I was always into musicals and Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple was oh. my gal. And um, I knew every single one of her movies and the songs and the lyrics by the time I was like two. But I always wanted to be a dancer. I was in ballet class from two years old. And then when I was five, I started taking acting classes and did musicals. But I was never like, I liked musicals, but I didn't want to do that full time. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to dance. 
And then Billy Elliot ruined everything. I saw Billy Elliot on Broadway, the original cast. And that was my ring of keys moment. And Mm. I said, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I turned to my mom and my dad. We were at intermission and I was like, I want to be in that. I want to do that. And they were like, okay. (laughs) And I looked in the playbill and I found a manager in the playbill and I sent my little headshot and resume in snail mail. And to my surprise, she called me and asked for a meeting and she signed me. And the next day I auditioned for Billy Elliot. Oh my God. (laughs) What? This is an insane story. I'm obsessed that you like, I mean, you literally had your ring of keys moment and you were like, no, this is happening now. You're in the playbill. I was like that. (laughs) Obsessed. What's your sign? Just curious. I'm a Scorpio. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Scorpios are so passionate. I, yeah. I see that. I see that. Wow. Okay, so you auditioned for Billy Elliot. And had you ever done a theatrical audition before that moment? I mean, not at that level. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also was just a ballet dancer. I had no idea what tap was. Yeah. So I actually had an anxiety attack in the room in front of the entire creative team when they started teaching the tap dance at like a mile a minute. And I was like, what are these steps? And I was only 10 and I was freaking out and I left the room crying and the casting director came out and was like, we know you want to be here. Like we heard about you from your manager. Like we know, like, and I was like, how do you know? I signed with them yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, just a wreck but it turns out that like that whole time I was experiencing like preliminary symptoms to Crohn's disease and that was the attack wow no way wow but I always say like even though I never booked Billy Elliot I, I did audition for it a couple of more times after and I got a call back but I never went because I was on vacation and I couldn't get back even though I had never booked Billy Elliot itself I feel like my my moment that I booked Billy Elliot was when I booked Matilda because it was the same team yeah and it's funny because our dance captain from matilda was in the room teaching the combo the day that i had the attack do they remember wow. it do they remember that moment yeah oh that's so <laughs> full circle yeah well this is honestly a great i feel like this is a good lesson for our listeners to even hear young people who want to get in the arts like there's there's always another chance for you yeah you know it's never over no i mean it was the first time I had ever, and I was good. I was great during the whole, I mean, it was, it was a big show and it was scary to go in there for the first time. And I'm not one who deals well with change. Oh, same. Yeah. It just really hit me hard. And I left. Do you remember which, which Billy you saw? Was I it saw Trent, Trent or Kirill? Or... I saw Trent. Those boys first of all, history, but like, they're still out there. Yes. You know, oh like my God. David. David. <laughs> I Unreal. sobbing. So I was sobbing during the movie because I used to just watch, like I was that person just telling my friend yesterday, I was the person who knew who every single Billy was like, forget oh, yeah, Tom yeah. Holland from Spider-Man. I said, that's Billy Elliot. That's not yes. Spider-Man. That's Billy. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. I, yeah. Yeah. He was amazing, amazing. in West Side Story. Amazing. He should, he should be getting more awards. Nom- not that I everything's agree. about awards, but with the way that everyone else is getting nominated, it's like, he was pivotal in that he movie as Bernardo. Amazing. I hope you get nominated for a Tony. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Is that random to say? No. That's no. so random. But but thank you. 
I appreciate that. <laughs> I wonder if they'll put you in lead or featured. Mm, interesting. Because you are kind of the the main female role. But so but... is Jen Gambatis. True, true. I wonder if, do you guys have equal stage time? Do I like how we're trying to like do awards? Yeah, we're like in real time, like parsing this out. <laughs> I wonder. Connor and I, I are mean, awards queens, so. I love that. I mean, I would assume <laughs> featured because I am supporting. Okay. But yeah, I think so. Mm, we'll see. But I'm going to give that to Patty Lapone this year. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Wouldn't it be cool if you guys were both nominated and featured and I, you to go to like round tables with her? I would pass out. I wouldn't be in attendance. I'd be on the floor somewhere. Uh, I remember when Carrie Butler was nominated for Xanadu. It was the same year that Patti LuPone was nominated for Gypsy. And she said that she just had the best time going to all of the events because she knew she wasn't going to win. She was just enjoying the moment. She wore the the fancy dresses and she got to just take all the pressure off because it was Patti's year. Right. It was Patti's year. Like it's, uh, it just, yeah. I just love that woman. Don't even get me started on her. Oh my god! Do you do you, do you have Patty issues? Are you obsessed with Patty? Yes, I do. Actually, I was watching before I came on here. I was watching a video of Patty with who was it? Andy Cohen or something? Not yeah. I watched what happens live. Watch Did what you? Happens I haven't live. watched it yet. And she's just so iconic. She's just so. I what I love about her is she's just so unapologetically herself, and she doesn't oh, give always. a crap. And mm-hmm. I just I hope I you know get to that point where I unapologetically myself I mean I actually if you haven't seen I did a video my final for my acting uh, class in my junior year of college was to lip sync to an iconic moment in a performance of any medium you could be a pop singer you could be anyone and I decided to dress up as Patti Lapone and do uh, Rose's turn but the moment where she yelled at the photographer I knew you were going to say that. And I did that and I started from the beginning and I went through and I did the yelling monologue and then I went back to the beginning and then I did the entire song from start to finish, just as she had had done in the original moment that it occurred. And I learned so much more about that woman just by watching her, just trying to like, you know, because we had to like adapt her mannerisms and learn everything that she does. What a cool assignment. What's incredible is like in her infamous autobiography, that moment isn't in it because the the book is the frame story from like Gypsy starting on Broadway, you know, and then everything happened leading up to it. So when we get her next book, I hope that that's... I really hope so. I really hope so. I mean, we need that moment. What a cool and inspired idea. Okay. So you're talking about, you hope that one day you get to this point and everything. I certainly feel like you're on the way. Pathetic little dreamer. It's an unreal EP. I love every single song. I cried during Charlie for some reason. (laughs) It is just so, so good. And you wrote all the songs yourself. I did music and lyrics. Come on, Taylor. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Sarah Barella. But you're more of a Sarah girl. Who are your, like, your inspirations? Sarah is, like, my number one. Also, Taylor Swift. We love. Connor and I are huge Swifties. I love her. She's just... You know, I had that moment where I was, like, during the Reputation era that I was like, why? We all did. Literally, same. But I... I I I questioned, just a tad. I I still enjoyed it, but I was like... (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. But I still was with her. I still stuck with her. But honestly, the Taylor's versions are just hitting it out of the park. I, know. I mean, I when Speak Now comes out, no one talk to me because I will be in my room mm. sobbing at Long Live. And Dear John, uh, I mean, Dear John is my favorite song that she's ever written. 
Dear John and All Too Well. And I'm I'm fully prepared to do the Dear John music video with Milo Ventimiglia. Like I'm ready. Yes. (laughs) You're ready. (gasps) Wait, okay. I need you when like we do like Broadway sings Taylor Swift at like Green Room or 54 Below or something. No one's ever done it. No one really? I I could fix that. (laughs) (laughs) I can fix this. I need you singing Dear John. I love it. You know, I I was we're doing um I'm doing a 54 Sings Olivia Rodrigo on Monday. I'm singing the Rose song, which is one of my favorite songs she's uh, ever written. Yes. But there's a mashup of Dear John and Traitor. Girl, it's like we're friends. Have you heard it? My best friend and I watched that all summer long. It's so good. It is I so mean, good. I want to put so that good. in my book and like I want to sing that and do my own version of it. I mean, yeah, just it, it just works. It works. It works. I mean, but you totally knew that Olivia had Taylor in mind because she's, you know, Taylor's like her person, like Sarah's Mm -hmm, mine. Yeah. So now you need to forgive me. I am wearing my Joshua Bassett t-shirt today. Okay. No, no, no. That's totally fine because I also, I'm I'm embarrassing myself on the internet (laughs) once again. Um, (laughs) I also have a Joshua Bassett T-shirt. Well, he's and it says my bitch ex Gina is Joshua Bassett. (laughs) You were you were on the ground floor (laughs) with some of his original merch there. Yes, you know. Let me just tell you, I got to meet them. I I didn't meet Joshua. I met Olivia. (gasps) I got to meet Olivia before she was like super duper big. It was like pre sour, prime HSM, pre driver's license, pre driver's license. It was. January of 2020. And um, we were doing an event. We were both p- performing at this event in Atlanta Junior Theater Festival, which is so much fun. And, um, you know, my friend was there because she was with her community theater. And I heard like these people outside of my hotel room just like talking. And I'm like, who are these people talking? But my friend Grace couldn't get up to my room. And she was like, you're on a high security floor. It's like, why? I opened the door. Who's at my feet? Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, just chilling on the, on the floor of the hotel? Just chilling on the floor with like her friend. I was like, hello. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, 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 you're good. You're fine. (laughs) And it was like one of those hotels where like you could see the the rest of the floor. So I was like waving to my friend Grace and I hung up the phone and I turned around and was like, and we have a mutual friend. So I was like, this is very strange, but I'm friends with Maya. And she was like, Annalise. I was like, you know who I am. That is crazy. (laughs) That's amazing. But yeah. We talked for a few minutes. She's very sweet. She's very tall. Oh. I'm very short. <laughs> I did not expect her to be tall. <laughs> yeah, she's tall. Guys, very she's tall. amazing. She is like just we're going to her concert. Yeah, Connor is. Well, Connor I, is. I yeah. am. Dylan's like might not be, but it's drama. We'll talk about it later. But it's drama. um I'm coming to the Olivia Rodrigo show on Monday. <gasps> you are I'll be there. Yeah! yeah, I'm gonna come. Yes. You should come to the I'm Jonas so Brothers one too. Oh, okay. That's When's on Wednesday that at 945. Oh, she's busy. I'm seeing your Evan Hansen. You know, I won the lottery and yesterday and I didn't check my email. <laughs> no. And I, oh, man. That's drama. That is drama. That is drama. Oh, my god. You gosh. get to see Jordan Fisher. I know. That's another one. <laughs> okay, wait. So going back to your EP. Yes. Was this born during the pandemic? Like, what's the storyline? Well, the pandemic was the very first time that I realized I had nothing to do. <laughs> I was like, not in school. I never, there was no auditions because we were in a pandemic and nobody could work and I didn't have the show. And I had taken a year off from school to do the show. So I had nothing. And I turned to my guitar and I was like, okay, 
<laughs> and I started picking it up and I was like, maybe I'll learn how to play more strumming the guitar, strumming along. And then out came end of the day, which mm. is the final track on the EP. And Connor's then, favorite um, track. Really? I, it feels like a waltz. I've never heard anyone say that. And it makes me so happy. Thank <laughs> really? you. Oh my God. It's yes, so good. Because that was the one that was like, I mean, obviously it's about a real situation and it was about something that really hurt me. And everybody's like, you know, it's so sad. And I'm like, yeah, because it was. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I love sad songs. (laughs) It's so sad. I'm like, yeah, well, that's what happened. I was just retelling the way that it was, that it occurred. I don't, I I don't know what else to tell you, but um, thank you for saying that because I've never heard anyone say that before because it's my my favorite it is it was the first yeah it's my favorite because it was the first and I wrote that in March of 2020 and I hate to say that I wrote it for someone but I did because you know when a cute guy plays a guitar you're like let me write a song but it's Uh not about you Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) been there I'm just kidding but no I've been there (laughs) (laughs) let me write you a song oh my god let me let me I could play guitar and I write songs too no Ugh. But yeah, so then they come just 35 songs later, and I chose seven of them. Oh my God, that's that reminds me like when Dolly Parton wrote Nine to Five the Musical. She allegedly wrote like almost 100 songs, and they had to whittle it down to like less than 20. It's like crazy. How did you even choose? I don't know. I mean, I just, <laughs> a lot of them were kind of like the same concept, okay. but different songs. Yeah. A lot of them were like very slow kind of similar to Charlie Charlie was actually the last one it almost didn't even make the EP because we had picked songs mm-hmm. they were done and then I wrote Charlie and I was like no this one needs to be on there I love that one I love the guitar pattern on that mm-hmm. one so you're with Broadway Records and it's available wherever fine music is streamed Yes. Um, I certainly have it on my Spotify. What was the reaction to the EP? I mean everyone who listens to it seems to really love it I mean yeah. I was petrified it was the first, I mean, I've never released my own stuff before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've written songs and performed original songs before when I was in high school, but those are like really bad. Yeah. So <laughs> I, you know, everybody was like, oh, they're so good. And I'm like, thank you. But no, but yeah, those were like campy, silly songs, but they were good first songs. Mm-hmm. But these songs, I was like, these are really personal. And I was also, I had a little bit of a moment where I was like, <gasps> what if the people who these songs are about listen to these songs and I get a phone call? Like, how do I handle that situation? Yeah. But I know that I've done my job when I get a message from someone I don't know. And they were like, you, this song meant something to me. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Wow. Um, And I know that that's why I listen to music. So I feel like I've done my job. I don't care who listens to it anymore. Um, You know, I mean, it doesn't have to get a million streams. It doesn't have a million streams. I'd like it to get a million streams. It will. I'd like to listen. Um, But but yeah, I don't, I, as long as I know that it's touched one person's life, that's all I care about. Oh, and you're going to keep writing? Yeah. A hundred percent. I, there there are more. I mean, I have my book literally right next to me. Mm. It's always open. Well, if you ever need anyone to listen to a demo or give you some notes. Thank you. Yeah. Robbie (laughs) Roselle will have to send us the little, the exclusive. Yes. He's a dear friend. Oh my God. Wait, Annalise, what's your dream? I have always admired what Sarah Bareilles has done with her career. I mean, she was a singer songwriter who did, she's also written a book. I would love to write a book one day. Yeah. I'd love to write a musical one day. 
I'd love to be in a television show, pretty much create art in any medium I possibly can. I don't really have one specific dream other than to make people smile. That's really it. You're going to do it. Thank you. Well, you certainly made us smile in, in Doubtfire. I had the best time. And then like the, the drama and shock on our faces when we're literally walking out of the theater <laughs> and New York Times is like, they're going to pause. And we were like, <gasps> oh, you went yeah, that, it was day. that day that we saw it. <laughs> oh, God bless. Mm-hmm. There were so many tears shed. <laughs> really? I think it was Rob's last show for a while. Cause I know that he yeah, didn't he go was, on. We both got so sick. Oh my mm. gosh. We both were sick, but he ended up calling out and I stuck it out for the week. Oh my mm. God, you slayed. We had like these bad sinus infections. I get those like, I get like three a year. So Wait, bad. Did you guys know before the show or after? After, okay. After, after. yeah. Wow. Oh my after. God. That's so like, We did have a company meeting and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. We yeah. knew it was something. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can't wait to see you guys when you come back. It's already like creeping up on us too, I guess. Right. Like it's. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I know. It's weird because it's like this nine, the nine weeks. I mean, I yeah. dealt with 18 months. So I feel like nine weeks is like a millisecond compared to 18 months. Mm-hmm. It is still hard, you know, I mean, to think of regaining the stamina again. Yeah. To sing every night, like I always have to keep like I warm up every day and I'm like, you know, I haven't I haven't sung like <laughs> in a very long time. So I hope it's st- I, I do know that like I don't have to look at any of my lines because I know yeah. that they're still in there and I don't want to because I do want it to be fresh when I go back. But um yeah, I mean a couple days before I'll look at it and see what happens. Oh I'll be okay. I just got like butterflies thinking about how exciting it's gonna be to reopen. <sighs> and and you're right, Kevin McCullum made the smart decision. He is a prolific Broadway producer. I mean he did rent and yeah. in the heights. Like he's even something rotten too, right? Yeah, yeah. he did. So like all my yeah. favorite shows basically. And Avenue Q mm-hmm. and Drowsy Chaperone, like he knows a thing or two about musical comedy. So he knows a thing yeah. or two. Oh my gosh, Annalise, I feel like I could talk to you forever, but we're sadly coming at the end of our chat here. And before we say goodbye, we like to leave our listeners with a dose of drama, something to recommend, rant about, rave about, something to send them out into the world and consume. Dylan, do you have a dose of drama today? I do. I it's been on my mind because I wanna I wanna recap what I said about Joshua Bassett. I just want the people to know that you don't have to be team Olivia or team Joshua. They're two separate people. Everything that's out there, a lot of it is just conjecture. And, you know, they're both growing up. They're both doing their own thing. And we can love them both as artists. I do think that her music obviously is bigger and more popular. And that's why I think a lot of people are on her side versus his. But he's going through his identity. She is, you know what I mean? We can love them both. We don't need to be one or the other. He said, though, that she hasn't spoken to him since Driver's License came out. Yeah, and that's tough. That's tough. I don't know about her future on the show. I don't think I she's in as... season three. I don't think she's in that. Okay, oh. here's here's what I think. Because they're filming it now. Her tour starts next month. And I, I think it takes way longer to film a TV show than, like, a 10-episode TV show than, like, two months. So we'll see what happens. Annalise, what are you going to say? I think she's in it. I think she is, I too. do, because it says that they would have announced if she wasn't. Okay. That would have been announced. And when they released that there were new cast members on deadline, it she was still listed as the cast. Okay. Yeah, I saw that too. So I do think she's in it. Do I think she's in every episode? I don't know. Yeah. But I do think that maybe like, I think there's going to be something that happens with Jordan Fisher's character. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. You're right. Cause he came in, he was, he was like the older brother. He was um, cousin? Sophia Wiley's brother. brother okay. Yes. The produ- the record producer yep. or whatever. Yeah. So I think that that's what's going to happen. That's how they're going to keep her on. They smartly brought that in as a way to be like, okay, she's a pop. She's a huge sensation now. Like, 
we we're, we have an out if yeah. we need it, you know? Yeah. Oh and then God. the rest of the kids are going to be, it's like a summer camp storyline, right? Or something like that. Yeah. And it's Corbin Blue is doing it. So it's going to be great. Thank you, God. Thank I know. You God. And Jason Earls. Jason Earls. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I hope they do some High School Musical 2 songs. They have to. They are. They are. And they're also doing Camp Rock songs. And I'm just waiting. I am waiting for Wouldn't Change a Thing, sung by Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett. Oh, oh my God. We're like fire and rain, baby. <laughs> that is one of the best songs ever to come out of Disney Channel. I mean. Mm-hmm. But do you think, like, who's going to sing Introducing Me? Matt Cornette. Oh, he's Who are you going to say? Uh, they'll probably give it to Joshua because, like, he's, like, the guitar guy. Yeah, And, yeah, like, yeah. they also want, like, the little kids to be like, oh, it's Joshua Bassett. Uh-huh. Um, he'll, be, he'll be adorable he'll when be he does adorable it. He'll be adorable when he does it. But. I mean, I think Matt Cornette should sing it. I'm an EJ yeah. person. Like, I love EJ. I love He's EJ. Great. I wish that they had made him, they had leaned into the Sharpay of it all a little bit more. But they in were general. giving that more to Gina. Yeah. True. True. You're right. You're right. You, you know, you know, you're a, you're a real She's one. On it. She's you're, on listen, it. Listen, children's television, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We had Larry Saperstein on the show. Like, right when the season two came oh out God. and Dylan and I were just like, I, I don't know if it came across in the episode, but we're obsessed with HSM TNMTS. <laughs> and I think he was so scared. I really No, didn't. he was lovely. He was, he, he, he understood. He understood. <laughs> he understood. I know. Um, okay. Connor, do you have a dose of drama? I do. Okay. I was bored for once in my life last night and I rewatched Black Swan. Mm. The, the film that, I mean, you're a dancer, Annalise. So you, maybe you, you loved this yeah. movie, but <laughs> Natalie Portman did what needed to be done yes. in that movie. Even though she it's kind of grotesque it. at times. Oh, it's fully a horror film. I mean, <sighs> also Barbara Hershey and Mila Kunis should have gotten awards for their supporting yeah. roles because I don't know if if um, Nina, aka Natalie Portman, her story wouldn't work as well if those performances weren't as terrifying and mysterious as they are. But it's such a good movie and Natalie Portman's got it. She's got it. Love. Annalise, you um, hate that movie. I've never you? seen it. I refuse to see it. I will never see it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just like as f- coming from the ballet world, I like I can't do that to myself. Like it'll just bring back. Yeah. Like that's. I mean, if you want to know more about the ballet world, listen to my song Seventh Stage of Grief." <gasps> I was wondering where that where that all was rooted. Yeah, it's about a former teacher of mine. Okay. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Children will listen. Children will listen. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Um, Annalise, before we go, do you have a dose of drama? I do. You've given us so much today. Oh my god, you you really have. It's been amazing. Nick Jonas is a father. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I feel old. I can't As a Jonas Brothers fan, all three of them are now fathers. And that scares me because, you know, it's like all three of them are fathers. All my cousins are getting married. And I'm 22. I feel like yesterday I was six years old hanging up posters of them, like like Tiger Beat posters. Very bad. Bop and Tiger Beat and like listening Uh to quizzes. Like we were planning our marriages like to Nick Jonas because I used to get hundreds on all the quiz. Of course. (laughs) You know. Yeah, you know, it's... Life comes at you fast. Were we ever so young, Annalise? Were we ever so young? I know. You know, that was for me when all the members of 1D started having kids. Well, three of them have kids. Three of them have kids. And I was like, Mm, I'm nowhere near fatherhood. So what's going on here? Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. I was the same way with One Direction. Yeah. Wait, you're from Staten Island. Yes. 
Have you ever encountered Pete Davidson? Is he the king of Staten Island? No, no, <laughs> no. If anything, Colin Jost is the king yes. of Staten Island. Let me tell there you. you. Okay, so I love Colin Jost. I read <sighs> his book over the summer. First of all, just a smart human. Oh, yeah. Totally, like, it was nice to read a book about Staten Island that didn't trash it. And listen, we all get it. We all trash where we come from. You know, like, we all have our, like, I don't like being home or whatever. Mm -hmm. But let me be honest. I wouldn't give up my childhood for anything. I had a beautiful childhood. I went to school. I had my issues. I went to an all-girls Catholic school from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. Wow. And I wouldn't change that for the world. Girls are mean. We get it. We know. But, you know, it, it. I loved school and I loved going to school and I loved my childhood and I love that my family is all there. Would I live in Staten Island currently? No, I love living in the city. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I just don't love what Pete Davidson has to say about it because he makes the world think that Staten Island is like the worst place on, in the world. And I feel like for me, it's really not like we have some great food. We have have some good people. I mean, and it's not, I mean, you know, they did that skit walking in Staten. Uh I saw that. SNL. And I was like, you know, everything's about the beach. And I'm like, yes, the beach is disgusting, but like, you don't have to go to the beach when you go to Staten Island. Right. But also he's from a different neighborhood than I was from, you know, like I was born, I was Northwest. Okay. So, um, and I was more inland, so I didn't get to see that side. So maybe on his side, I don't know. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating perspective. See, we need more Staten Island. Yeah. More Staten Island representation yes. in the media. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like, like Tommy Brocco, I don't know if you know who that yeah, is. Oh, yeah. But to, so Tommy is also from Staten Island. Brittany Conagatti, who is in um, a Bronx tale and she's on the Mean Girls tour right now. She's also oh. from Staten Island. And Phil Colgan, who is the universal swing for Hamilton, is also oh, from right. Staten Island. Phil and I did theater together when he was in high school. I was a munchkin. <laughs> The whiz, but we won't say that. Right, <laughs> um, right, right. right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've known them forever, and you know, like we're there are some great people that come out of Staten Island, and you know, there's a very big theater community out there, and you know, I think it deserves more credit than it's given. Yeah, that's drama too. That's two doses of drama. That's two doses of drama. You, you have me. given us so much, Annalise. You are so a doll. Much. It is. Thank it, you. It has been such a treat to chat with you today, and I, I just feel like we'll have to chat again at some point down the line. Once, we definitely do. Maybe this summer, and we'll see you around the city, of course, because now that yes. we'll see you at Olivia. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> I cannot. And of wait. course, everyone should follow you at Annalise on Instagram. And then yes. do you use your Twitter? Not often, but Not I often. have one. So you could follow me there. And then I also am on the Facebook and the TikTok. Oh, the yes. Tic- Ooh. Yeah, the TikTok's new. The TikTok is new. I'm All trying right, we got to build up that following then. We're trying to build her up. I went, the Patty video went viral. I will okay. say that. Oh, <laughs> I need to look for that then. And then you're, of course, on Spotify, Apple Music, all yes. the streamers with Pathetic Little dreamer and it is amazing well thank you so much for your time today we can't wait to see all that you have to give this spring and beyond and of course if anyone's not following us they better at the drama podcast at connor mcdowell at dylan mcdowell and connor i'll see you next time Drama. drama